The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. In the meantime, take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 if you would. So we'll go back to the church concerning its mission. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 4, please. Ephesians chapter 4. And we, re- let's just go to verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave un- gifts unto men. Uh, now let's skip forward and we'll go to verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby... Uh, they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Let's pray before we go further. Father, thank you for this morning. Now I pray that you'd bless us. I pray you'd bless the teaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I began discussing the mission of the church uh, last time uh, I taught. And um, I, I mentioned that people are very confused about what the church is all about what the mission of the church is. Uh, For many years, for 17 years, I worked here at the church every day. We ran a school, and I was here every day. And and almost, almost every day, someone walking through those doors out there and uh, wanted the church to help them. Wanted some, wanted money, or wanted a a voucher so they can go stay in a hotel. uh, Wanted something. And, you know, the world has a misconception about the mission of the church. The world thinks the church is here to, for, to provide for them. The church, they think the church is here as, as, as their safety net when they run short on money or, or something such as that. People also th- think the church is uh, some kind of magical institution. When their marriage is in trouble, when their kids are, are wayward, when, when things aren't going like they should, they think they can run into the church, say a few prayers, throw God a little tip, and he's going to miraculously do all these things in their life. And we laugh, but that's what people think about the church. That is their concept of what the church is all about. But that is not the mission of the church. It's not all about food lockers or blood drives or soup kitchens or all those things, all all those extra things that go on. That's wonderful things, and I'm all for it. And, and, and I think those kind of things should be taken care of, but that's not the mission of the church. And if the church is going to involve their things, their, themselves in things like that, it should be above and beyond what they should be doing. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be in place of what the church should be doing. It should be something that the church does beyond uh, their, their expectations by the Lord. Um, methods have become more important today than doctrine. Uh, we become a collection of copycat churches. We see someone across America who's successful, and we want to do the same thing. Um, numbers have become more important than purity. 
I've seen this myself so much in the fundamental Baptist movement. They don't care if you're saved or not. They don't care if you're a genuine convert or not. They want to get you down the aisle, get you on the books, and they want to stamp their, their stamp on you and brag to everybody about their great numbers. Numbers become more important than the purity of the body of Christ. Reputation has become more important than obedience. They don't, they don't care about obeying the word of God. If it gives them fame, if it gives them, if it gives them recognition or, or, or something such as that. I've been to conferences where men would cut each other's throat to have the opportunity to stand up on the platform and, and just pray. It's, just, it's, 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 it's sickening many times to see it. Fame becomes more important than honor. I've seen churches change from servants of Christ into servants of self. They've gone from humble to haughty. They've replaced compassion with condescension. They've exchanged appreciation for arrogance. And all these things happen because they lose sight of their mission. They lose focus. They forget what they're here for, what we're here for. They forget what the church is really all about. Now last week, I'm gonna, or last time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap real quickly. I said first, uh, the mission of the church is to educate its saints. Ephesians 4.12, we read for the perfecting of the saints. Now we have some tools. God has given us some tools to educate the saints. Tool number one is God's holy word. The Bible, God's word. And, and, and we don't need to rewrite it. Can I use an... A little, a cute little saying. We don't need to rewrite it. We need to what? Reread it. We need to, we need to read it and do what it says. We need to obey the word of God. That's the tool we have to, to educate our hearts and minds in the Lord. Is the God's holy word. Tool number two, the Holy Spirit. Now, in Baptist circles, when you say Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, they gasp. <gasps> because it's associated with the charismatic movement. Unfortunately, many times when people talk about the Holy Spirit, they're talking about, they, they, they perceive the charismatics, and uh, pardon my French, but the holy rollers, huh? and, and things such as that. But, but I, I have to remind us what a great companion the Holy Spirit is. He's our best friend. The Holy Spirit is with us every minute of every day. And the Holy Spirit guides us, and he leads us, and he, he, he reminds us of all the truths of God. We need, to have, we need to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And we need to, he needs to be an important part of our lives. Tool number three, we have many holy examples. We have the apostles in Scripture. We have the, the patrons uh, of, of the faith. But more than that, in a real sense today, we have examples, living examples among us. Uh, those, some men in our church, people in our church, are good examples that, that we have. Uh, and that's why, listen, that's why our testimony is so important. People tell me, well, nobody's going to tell me how to live, I'm going to do what I want to do. Oh, thou foolish man. Do you not know that others are watching you? Baby Christians, and they, I don't, they don't have to be children, adults, new, new converts who come into the church. They're looking, to, they're looking for examples. They're, they're looking for, for someone to show them how they ought to conduct themselves. But most certainly, yes, children. And, and we are to be examples. Everybody is to be an example. And if nothing else, 
Someone's watching that's very important, and that's the Father. And we're to live our lives as an example in holiness and in righteousness. Not that we are able to do those things of ourselves, but we have Christ in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And we can, and we've been empowered to live holy, righteous lives. And we must do so. We must do so. You need to be the kind of person that if if a friend or a neighbor or someone needs advice, you're the one they think about. Well, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Brian because I know that Brian loves the Lord and and, and he's, he's a faithful man. I'm going to go talk to him. Huh? We need, to, we, need to ha- we need to be that kind of person. That's what Peter was talking about when he said, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer for the hope that is in you. We need to, we need to be those examples. But then, the first mission of the church, I said, was to educate its saints. But secondly, it's to equip its servants. Again, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, for the edifying of the body of Christ. To equip its servants. We looked at Ephesians chapter 6 last week. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the equipment of the soldier, the the armor of the soldier. Um, I shared with you when I was in the military, they they equipped us. I didn't have to go down to the local uh, guns and ammo store and buy my own weapon and my own own, uh, gear. I didn't have to buy all that stuff. They gave it, they equipped me with it. They gave it to me. And they taught me how to use it. And they prepared me for the uh, occasion where I may have to go into service of a combat or something such as that. They prepared us. They educated us. They they equipped us. And God has equipped us. Uh, Let's look at the armament real quick. Uh, First, loins gird with truth. Now this truth is the gospel message. And having our loins gird with the truth indicates that, uh, denotes keeping the truth close to us. And staying close to God. Oh, the gospel should be a part of your everyday life. You should, you should be a living gospel. And we need, to, we need to keep the truth of God close to heart. It needs to be girt about us. Secondly, it's the breastplate of righteousness. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Faith and love. These are, this, this constitutes the plate of righteousness. Faith and love. Faith in Christ and love of the Lord. Love of God. Fear of God. I preached about that last week. Love of the brethren. Love, and, love of our enemies. Faith and love. That's the breastplate for the Christian. That's the breastplate of our armor. These things should be close to our heart. Thirdly, feet shod with the gospel of peace. I remind us it's not our message we preach. It's, it's the message of Christ the Lord. Uh, feet shod with the gospel of, of, of peace. Next, we have the shield of faith. Shield of faith. Uh, the shield of faith, we are protected from that which we cannot see or 
fully understand. In battle, in, in combat, the shield was, was, held, was held up and protected the, the soldier while he's, while he's battling on this front. The shield was there and protected his flanks, protected him from attacks from the side. And so the shield that we have is our faith. We don't understand everything. Do you? Do you understand everything? How many of you say, I know everything there is to know? Raise your hand. Because if you do, I want to spend a lot of time with you. No, but we have faith, right? We have faith that God will never leave us or forsake us. We have faith that in our greatest time of need, the Lord will be with us. And, and so that shield of faith, uh, we're protected. But, but yet, while we don't know everything, we do know how the devil works. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You and I know how Satan works, don't we? We know how he is. So we shouldn't walk into his traps. We should be aware. That's what Paul said to walk, walk how? Who knows? Paul said walk circumspectly, carefully. That has a military connotation. When a soldier walks through an open field, does he just, does he just walk along like Gomer Pyle? No. He's cautious. He's wary. He's watching every step. He's looking at the trees. He's looking, he's looking everywhere for the enemy. You don't just go blatantly, blindly walking through an open field in a battlefield. You have to be cautious. You have to be circumspect. We, we know how the devil works. We, we're aware of his of his attacks and the shield of and faith uh, protects us from that for Romans 12 3 for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith next we have the helmet of salvation this is the knowledge or the assurance of our own salvation and this emanates from the mind of Christ which, by the way, if you are a child of God, you have. Scriptures tell us we have the mind of Christ. And then we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder. It, it, it exposes to us our, our own self. And severs from us those things that we ought not have and ought not be involved with. So first, uh, we saw um, the first mission of the church, we said, was to educate its saints. Second, we said it was to equip uh, its servants. Now, I want to get into the third part of this lesson today, and that is the third, part, the third mission of the church is to execute its service. To execute its service. Now, I already had those words on your sheet. I, I noticed it this morning after I printed them, and I said, oh, well, I'll just leave it there. But it's to execute its service. Now, I spoke earlier. People, people are confused as to what the church is all about. Why, why, what is the service of the church? Is it, to, is it to wait upon every man, woman, and child in the world? Is it to, is it to, to uh, fill the gap for everyone? No, that's not the purpose of the church. That's not the mission of the church. That's not its service. Ephesians 4.12 tells us what the service of the church is. It says, for the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry. 
Now, once a soldier is trained, and after he is equipped, then he is given his orders. When I enlisted in the military, I went to boot camp, and I spent my time in boot camp, and was taught how to say yes, sir, and how to salute, how to march, and all those good things. I was geared up, I was given all my equipment. Everything, I, everything they, they said I needed to have fit in one bag. It was a bag about this big around, about that tall. Everything I needed was in there. Uh, that was amazing to me, but I was a one-bag wonder. But after that, lo and behold, one day I get a set of orders. And they said, you need to be here then. Here was Guam. Guam. I didn't even know there was a place called Guam. They, they, they gave me a little piece of paper and they said, this is called a dream sheet. Fill in where you'd like to serve. And I, I, they gave us a list of bases and I didn't even look at Guam. I just put in three choices, gave it to them. I know now why they call it a dream sheet because it's just a dream. You're not getting there. They sent me to Guam, an island that's three miles long and one mile wide. And the major form of transportation is bicycle. But they got beautiful beaches. But it's filled with poisonous fish. And the kind of fish that if they sting you, they kill you. Needless to say, I got out of there quick. But I got my orders. Now those orders are not open for interpretation. They were to be carried out exactly as they were given. And the same is true for the church. We too in the church have been given specific orders by our king. And those orders are to be carried out exactly as they are given. They're not open for interpretation. It's thus saith the Lord, and that's what we're to do. Now, as I stated earlier, churches today seem to be doing everything but what they should be doing. And while the things they do are indeed good things... They are not the most needful, nor are they the best to be doing. Does that sound familiar to you? Let's go together. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Let's, let's go over to Luke chapter 10 together. And uh, we're going to just take a look. Here is the scriptures you know. Luke chapter 10. Now this is... This is about Mary and Martha. Look at verse 38, Luke chapter 10. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So we see here the story of Mary and Martha. Now Martha was busy. She was, she was busy cleaning the house. She was busy preparing food. She was busy setting the table. She was busy trying to make 
make room and, and get ready for the Lord. And today there are a lot of churches that are busy. They're very busy. And they do a lot of things. And the things they do aren't bad things. They're good things. They're, they're humanitarian things. And, 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 and they're thoughtful things. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say they're, they're, they're bad for doing that. Please understand that. But was Mary wrong in this story? Was Mary, was Mary wrong? Anybody, somebody tell me. No, in fact, the Lord said she wasn't wrong. In fact, the Lord said she chose the good part. She chose the needful part. And the Lord said it will not be taken away from her. So as a church, we need to apply this lesson to our, to our organization as a church. We need to serve, absolutely, we need to serve. Our church needs to serve. We need to, we need to do as much as we can to, to help our community and, and to help the people in our community. But let me tell you something. What's, what is the best way to affect change? Anyone tell me? Self, yeah. It's called education. Hmm? The best way to affect change is to educate people. And the best thing the church can do to affect change is to preach truth from the pulpit. And to get people in here to hear that truth. Because a soup kitchen isn't going to change people. If that's true, then we'd have no more homeless. Because there are soup kitchens all over the place. And if a soup kitchen was going to, was going to change a person and, and get them off the streets, it would have happened a long time ago, right? There's an old saying, give a man a fish, you'll feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you'll feed him for a lifetime. And in the church, that's the, that's the lesson. Our job in the church, our mission in the church, is to carry out the Great Commission. That's the first thing I want on your list. Carry out the Great Commission. We need to go out there and preach the gospel and teach them. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're to go out there and, and, and preach the gospel and we're to baptize those that believe and then we're to teach them the truth of God. Right? Those three things. That constitutes the Great Commission. Preach, baptize, and teach. Those are the, those, that is the Great Commission. Well, there's an old saying. They say, well, two out of three ain't bad. But in the Great Commission, it is. Because we don't stop at one and we don't stop at two, we go on to three. We're not to pick and choose concerning the duties of the church. We are to perform all the tasks assigned. We, you and I, are to be witnesses of the gospel of Christ. Now that's not pleasant work all the time. It's difficult work. But it needs to be done. So as a church, we, we, can't eliminate, we can't eliminate our witness. 
we can't say, well, you know, we're all busy, we all have jobs, we all have things to do. Well, you don't have to be in a certain place to witness. You can witness wherever you are, amen? Huh? Wherever you are, you can witness. And, and by the way, if the person you're witnessing to is already a believer, there's never a wrong person to give the gospel to. Because you don't know who's saved and who's not. They may even think they're saved, and they may not be. So there's never a wrong person to give the gospel. And the Bible tells us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, right? 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 Is that right? So how do you know but that God wanted you to speak to that person? How do you know that God didn't send that person to you? But we, we judge in the matter and decide who should or should not get the gospel. Just, just learn to be a witness. Just learn to preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. Now, the church has other duties, but, but the first of these is the preaching of the gospel to the lost. Now, Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, we read, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many of you haven't received the Holy Ghost yet? Any of you? I'm referring, of course, to the full gospel. Do you have the full gospel, brother? Have you received the Holy Spirit yet? Yeah, the moment I was saved. I received the Holy Spirit. That means, according to this, that I received power at the same time. Every one of you have the power as a witness of Christ. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He said, we'll be witnesses in Jerusalem. Our Jerusalem is Ronan Park. So we're to be a witness here in Ronan Park. Uh, we're, to go, we're to go visiting. We can witness at work. We can witness in our schools. We can witness in our homes. In our, we, we're to be, uh, he said, in Jerusalem and in all Judea. Our Judea is Sonoma County. And, unto, and in Samaria. Well, our Samaria is California. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's global. So we're to be witnesses. In Ronan Park, we're to be witnesses in Sonoma County. We're to be witnesses in California. We're to be witnesses all over the world. The gospel message should go forth from this church to every corner of the earth. That's why we support missionaries. That's why the church supports missionaries and sends missionaries out around the globe. We, the church is to be a witness. That's, that's its service, is to provide a witness under those around us. We have a responsibility to preach the gospel to every man, everywhere. And we have the responsibility to baptize those that believe. Then to teach them to go forth and to teach others also. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 we read, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I said a few minutes ago, the best way to affect change is through education. To educate people. 
and the best way to educate people concerning biblical truth is in Sunday school. Now, I've said this before, and some people are confused by it, but there's a difference between teaching and preaching. Most churches you go to, you get preaching every service. That's all you get, preaching. They just, they just preach at you all the time. But teaching is education. And it's imparting, teaching is imparting knowledge. Preaching is designed to convict the soul. When a preacher preaches, he's trying to stir you to action. He's challenging you. The, 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 re, the meaning or the purpose of a, of a preaching message is to, is to challenge and stir your conscience and your heart and get you to move and get busy for God. It's to rouse you to action. But the purpose of teaching is to impart knowledge. It's to impart understanding and wisdom. There's a difference. Unfortunately, the vast majority of believers today are not taught. They're just preached at. Or they're just given smooth things. God is love. And he loves every man. He won't throw any man into hell. And there are many paths to Jesus. We just have to find the one that works for us. Hmm. Is it any wonder we're, our world is in the condition it's in today? But teaching, we have to teach. And, and we teach so that others can go forth and teach. So we teach, commit thou, or Paul said, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So first, we, the church is to carry out the great commission. The service of the church is, is the great commission. It's to preach the gospel, to baptize the converts, and to teach biblical truth so that it can go forth and go forward. But there's a second service of the church, and that is to observe the ordinances of the church. Now, there are two ordinances given to the local church. The first we've already discussed, this is baptism. Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, baptism is an ordinance given to the church. Only the church can baptize. So, some, someone who decides, well, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to, I'm going to start preaching the gospel and I, I get eight or nine people saved. I'm going to take them over to the river and I'm going to baptize them. Eh, wrong. You, you were wrong on both cases. Number one, you weren't sent by the church because the commission to preach the gospel is given to the church. And secondly, you're not authorized, you, you, you're not authorized to baptize. That's an ordinance of the church. Only the church can do that. But the second is the observance of the Lord's Supper. Luke twenty two nineteen, and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And it is the mission of the church to execute these two ordinances. The mission of the church is not to be a social club. I remember years ago a couple came and visited our church and I went and visited them as a follow up and I was sitting in their living room speaking with them and he said you know, we just don't feel comfortable in your church. 
I told him, I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I really am. Uh, I said, we strive to be a friend of the church. But I said, you know, honestly, when you're looking for a church, you're not looking for one that makes you comfortable. If I'm looking for a pair of shoes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, want a, I want something comfortable. Right? I wear, I wear a ten and a half. I don't want to go buy a size eight shoe and put it and try to walk around in it. And conversely, I don't want to wear a size 12. But you know, when I, when I pick a church, I want one that's going to tell me the truth, whether I like it or not. Because I need to change my life to fit God. I don't need to change God's word to fit my life. So I forgot what I was saying. But anyway. <laughs> oh, we're not to be a social club. And we're not to be a humane society. Listen, this is a cruel world. Do you understand that? And we shouldn't contribute to it, but it's not our responsibility to try to, to change it. Um, we, we change it, as I said, we make change by education. You and I are taught how to, love, how to love one another, how to love other men, and we go forth and try to teach that to other people. But the church is not a social club, it's not a humane society. The, the mission of the church is to educate and equip its saints and to, edu- and to execute the will of God. Well, folks, that's all that I have time for. I hope you understood everything I'm saying. I certainly believe that we need to be compassionate, hum- humanitarian people. We need to be kind. We need to love others. We need to strive to do all that we can to help everyone around us. But the church itself has a mission. And we must make sure that we, as a church, are fulfilling the mission given to us by the Father. All right, that's all the time I have. Thank you for being here today, and you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.